Welcome to Binge Breakthrough, the podcast designed to help you finally break through the barriers that keep you stuck feeling out of control around food. I'm Master Certified Coach Jane Pilger, and I want you to know that no matter how long you've been struggling or what you've tried, food freedom is possible, and I'm here to show you how. After years of therapy, eating disorders treatment, restrictive diets, and reading all the books, I was still stuck in the on-again, off-again cycle of restricting and binging until I was able to see it all from a new perspective that changed everything. Each week, I will share the strategies, tools, and mindset that allowed me to overcome my decades-long battle with binge eating. Your journey to body trust starts now. Let's dive in. Hello, trusted listener. Welcome to Binge Breakthrough. I consider you a trusted listener because I trust that you are listening to this podcast for a reason. I trust that you are going to hear something today that is insightful and impactful on your journey with food. So I wanted to talk today a little bit about the idea that for many people, binge eating makes our life very small. And I want to talk about this for several reasons. I noticed this based on many conversations that I have with uh, current clients, with potential clients. When I think back on my own, my own experience, I see so much of how we end up creating a small life for ourselves because of our binging, because of what we're thinking about ourselves and our binging. And what I've noticed is that many people limit themselves in a lot of ways because of their struggles with food. So I thought I would record this episode today so that you can get curious for yourself. Am I making myself small because of my binge eating? And now I, as we explore this, I really invite you to bring in curiosity. If we start exploring this from a place of judgment, this is not going to go well, and it's not going to go anywhere. The point of this is not to say there is a right way or a wrong way to do anything, because there really isn't. And it's not for us to look at ourselves and to say, I could do better. I'm doing this wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. For sure, that's not the intent. The intent here is to just get curious. Am I making my life small? And if I am, you may not even know it. Here's what I find is that in a lot of conversations with people, some of them really don't even realize just how small they are making their lives. Other people do realize. They realize they are making themselves their lives small, but they think they have to. They think they don't really have any other choice. So the intent here is to just get curious for you to kind of open up to, huh, am I making my life small? In what ways am I making my life small? And if I am, do I want to continue or do I want to consider some other possibilities? So again, I invite you to set aside judgment to set aside any idea that there is a right way or a wrong way, and to just be open to this exploration, to be curious, and to see what comes up for yourself. What do you 
What do you recognize for yourself? What are you aware of? What might you like to change? All from this place of open awareness and curiosity. So I remember talking to a client about all of the ways that she made her life small. And she didn't even realize it. But looking back, she could see how she had made so many of her choices about her life centered around food and specifically around ways to make it so that she wouldn't have to be around food very often, particularly around any food that she did not trust herself to be around. And so after talking with so many women about this topic and my own life, I thought this is a great topic. So let's dive in and remember curiosity, not judgment. We're going to just put our judgment on the shelf. So we're just, this is an invitation for reflection and for you to become more aware. Because remember, we cannot change what we aren't aware of. So once we can get awareness without judgment, then you will be able to make choices. And you may not have even realized that you had a choice in the past, that you have chosen to make your life small. Or perhaps you didn't used to have a choice, but now you do. Because sometimes we just keep doing what we've always done because we don't realize there is an alternative or we don't think that the alternative is possible for us. So the purpose here is to get curious, to gain awareness, and to decide if you want to make any changes or not. And of course, whether you do or don't want to make any changes, I will encourage you to know your reason and to like your reason. All right, so let's look at some examples, some ways that people make their lives small because of their binging. So as you listen to these examples, do you relate to any of them, either now or in the past? Just get curious. Do I see myself in any of these examples? And you might, as you hear some of these examples, you might be like, oh yeah, that's me. You might think, oh, that used to be me, but uh, not so much anymore. Or you might think, oh, I don't, I don't do that as much, but you might kind of get a little, hmm, like a little uh, aha moment of, oh, I don't do that, but I can see where maybe I do this other thing. You may get some awareness of an example I'm not specifically sharing, but one of the examples I share may kind of open up other awareness for you of things that other ways you are making your life small. So here's some examples for you. See what what uh, what you resonate with. Not going out to eat with friends or loved ones or anyone. Not going out to eat because you don't trust yourself. Not going out to eat because you can't control the food or the ingredients in it. Maybe you don't know what will be served or how you will navigate If there's going to be a bunch of different things, let's say it's going to be a party, a potluck, something like that. Maybe you don't want people to comment on your food choices, so you just don't go. Maybe you don't go out to eat because you don't know how many calories or macros or points or whatever is in the food. So that makes you very uncomfortable. So you just don't go. 
maybe you don't go to a social event or any gathering with other people because you're worried about what they will think about you, likely related to the size of your body, either the current size, the change in size, something having to do with the size of your body. Maybe it's not going to a social event because you don't have anything to wear and you refuse to buy clothes for the body that you are in right now. Maybe it's not buying certain foods because you just don't trust yourself. Maybe it's not buying certain foods because you think you are the type of person that can't just eat one, one serving, one whatever. Maybe you seek only virtual employment opportunities so that you don't have to be around food or around other people who might judge you. Maybe it's only getting your food or your groceries delivered because you don't trust yourself to be around other foods or because you don't want people to see you. Maybe it's not going after new employment opportunities because of fear for how you will be perceived. Maybe it's not seeking friendships or romantic relationships because of fear of rejection. Maybe it's not seeking romantic relationships because you don't want to eat in front of them. Maybe it's not seeking romantic relationships because you don't want anyone to see or touch your body. Maybe in an employment situation, a work situation, maybe it's not going to meals with them, whether it's a lunch, whether it's an after work type of thing, anything where food is involved with coworkers, maybe you're not doing that because of not wanting to eat in front of other people, all of these other reasons, not being able to control the food, whatever that is. Maybe it's not going out to social events or uh, anything, really, because you're physically ill from a binge. Maybe you're not able to work the next day because you're physically ill from a binge. Maybe you're not able to do whatever you had planned for that day because you're physically ill from a binge. Maybe it's being sleep deprived because your body was so uncomfortable from the binge that you couldn't sleep. Maybe it's the number of days it takes to fully recover from a binge in terms of your overall digestion, your sleep, your just all of your regular bodily functions. Maybe it's not going out to social events because you simply just feel hopeless and ashamed and broken. Maybe you don't go to social events because you will likely end up comparing yourself to everyone else and think that you don't measure up. Maybe you're not going to social events because you know you'll just eat lightly in front of everyone else. Maybe you're just going to order a salad or whatever very, very light, small thing on the menu, and then you'll binge either on the way home or when you get home. Maybe you don't go to anything, any outing that involves a bathing suit. or. Any, like, maybe it's just shorts, something that requires less clothing. You just don't go. 
Maybe it's not trying a dish on a menu that looks delicious and like something you would love to eat for fear of either gaining weight or losing control if you eat that food. Maybe it's not allowing yourself to eat your favorite foods because you just don't trust yourself to stop. Maybe you're only listening to podcasts and audiobooks about food or body-related topics. Maybe you just don't have any free space in your brain to pursue goals, dreams, or passions because all you are thinking about is food. What you're going to eat, what you did eat, what's okay to eat. Maybe that's all that you have room in your brain for. Maybe it's this constant vigilance and the attempt to hide what you're doing with food. So it's getting rid of your packages and your wrappers, the constant fear that somebody's going to find out what you're doing, trying to make it look like more than one person will be eating any food that you're buying. Maybe it's just the isolation, isolating yourself due to shame, not wanting anyone to see you or to know what you are doing. Do you relate to any of these? I relate to almost all of them. I'll share just a few little stories. So I had, um, I had some friends who I used to run with, and they were all very, they were all in much smaller bodies than I was. And they would also talk a lot about their bodies. They would talk a lot about food. And when I would get together with them, I would always compare myself. I would end up comparing myself to them. And I would end up thinking that I wasn't good enough, that I was too big, that I couldn't control myself. And I would see them and I would either end up, I would, sometimes I would go to eat with them and I would feel so bad about myself because of the way that I was comparing myself and thinking that I didn't measure up to them. Then I would end up binging afterwards. Or after a while, I just stopped. I just stopped going out with them. Now, this was all like, it, it, was, it was keeping myself small because of it was really the way that I was experiencing myself and the way that I was experiencing how I was relating to myself and comparing myself to them. I also, I, I can't even count how many times I missed a group outing after a binge. So we may have agreed to, oh yeah, we'll go to this um, this event or we'll go to this gathering of friends or whatever it was. And after a binge, I just would tell my husband, like, I'm not going. I am not going to go. I do, I do not feel good physically. I do not feel good emotionally. I don't want to talk to anybody. I had so much shame. And then, but it was at this point, I wasn't, nobody else knew that I was binging. So then my husband, if he went, sometimes he would go, sometimes he wouldn't. But he, if he went, he basically then would have to lie because I didn't want anybody else to know. So then he would come home and say, I don't like lying to them. I don't, when people ask me, where's Jane? I don't know what to tell them because it doesn't feel good to me to lie. But I also know you don't want other people to know. So that was that was a strain, not only on these other people who expected me to be there, but also 
it was a strain on my husband because now he's in this very uncomfortable situation where he knows exactly what's going on, but he doesn't really have the permission to let anybody else know. So that was really hard for him too. And I've shared this story before, but I will share it again, which is one year on Valentine's Day. I binged during the day on Valentine's Day. We had this celebration planned and my husband came home and I was like, I'm I'm not like, I'm not going. I'm not eating. I am not dressing up. I have zero desire to do any of this. And so my husband, who had spent all day excited about the about the anticipation of Valentine's Day and what we were going to do, he had bought me a ring that, and he was so excited for this evening. And he came home and he found me on the couch, miserable with zero desire to do anything. Like, oh, small. Like we, that Valentine's Day became very small. Now, we, we, we fixed that. The next day, we had a redo, basically. And we had Valentine's Day celebration all over again, which was amazing. And I think that in, in, when that happened, I was at a point in my process where I was at least more able to talk about it. So we ended up talking about it quite a bit that night. And I was able to get myself to the place where I was willing to have a do-over the next day. Earlier in my process, I would tell you that I would not have been willing to do a do-over the very next day. I, I would not have been capable of that. It it might have taken me, I don't know, a, longer to kind of get over it. But I was in the process of really challenging my stories that a binge would end up being a very long and protracted experience to get over. That was something that also made my life small, was this idea and this belief that if I binged once, I would either keep binging, it would be a really long time, it would be really hard for me to get back to it. That also made my life small. So as you're reflecting on all of this, for you, where are you making your life small? So we want to get curious. Now we're aware. We want to get curious. Now here's the next question. What is the cost? What is the cost of keeping your life small? So here's some potential costs. Disconnection. Not only are we disconnected from other people, if we are, if we're not going out. So, uh, so many of these things, right? You can see we're not, we are choosing not to connect with other people because of the concerns and the and what we're saying to ourselves. So here's what happens. We disconnect with ourselves. And in our own disconnection, we end up disconnecting with others as well. And what's so interesting about this is we end up using the food. We use the food to disconnect, kind of like a vehicle for disconnection. One of the things I've talked about is like use for me a binge was almost like turning the lights off on myself. It was the only way I knew how to disconnect from myself. So I'm using the food to disconnect. When I'm disconnected, I have no, there is no experience with my physical body. I'm disconnected from my emotional state. I'm disconnected from my needs. Then I disconnect myself. Not only have I disconnected myself from myself, but now I'm disconnecting from everybody else in my life whether that be my husband, whether that be my friends, whether that be other loved ones. I don't think like I've I've so intentionally, maybe unconsciously 
chosen to disconnect, that that disconnection is going to flow through to other people and other relationships. So I think one of the costs of is uh, is disconnection is one of the biggest costs that we have. Loneliness. Often we feel loneliness because we think we are the only ones. We think we are alone in our pain and our suffering. We think that nobody else could be doing this. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. Another potential cost is despair. Just this idea of like hopelessness. This kind of like futility of, well, this is just how it is. This is how it is. This is who I'm going to be. I'm just going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Another potential cost, no forward progress. We are not making forward progress with anything, maybe with our passions, with learning new skills, pursuing job opportunities in our relationships, whether they're friendships or romantic relationships. There's absolutely a cost there. When all of our mental and physical energy is used up with food or our body, we are we don't have energy left over for anything else. The other potential cost is our overall self-concept. What we are thinking about ourselves. It's a big cost. And so often people think that stopping the binging or losing the weight if that's your particular flavor of goal will change everything. But I don't find this to be true. If someone has a negative self-concept and they do manage to stop binging, or they do lose some weight, it will be short-lived. It will be short-lived. But what needs to change is your self-concept, how you see yourself. Now, if you want to learn more about this idea of like how you see yourself, I encourage you to go back to episode 24, which is called Your Identity as an Eater. This is going to really like help this. You see that your identity as an eater and your self-concept are so tied into our decisions and our our the reasons we make our life small. So go back and listen to episode 24 for a little bit more on that. But if we go back to all of these examples that I shared of ways that we make our life small, the person making these decisions has an identity as an eater of someone who doesn't trust themselves, and someone who is out of control around food. They also have an overall self-concept of someone who is unworthy and unlovable because of their body. So let me ask you this. If you resonate with any of these limitations that you're putting on yourself, any of these ways that you are making yourself small, do you want these limitations? What are they costing you? Here's another question. Are you willing to consider that you don't have to keep your life small to overcome your struggles? Are you willing to consider that you don't have to eliminate certain foods from your life or keep yourself away from them to overcome your struggles? What if the food wasn't the problem? What if your body wasn't the problem? Then what? I'll tell you what the problem is for most people who struggle with food. If we boil it down to one word, 
it's connection. It's connection with ourselves, connection with our bodies, with our needs, and with our emotions. Yes, it's a simple word, but it's not a simple solution. We disconnect for many reasons, and they are often coming from a place of protection, even if it doesn't feel very protective. We can't connect if we don't feel safe. We can't connect if we don't trust ourselves. So what do we do? We learn how to build safety and trust with food and ourselves. So if you think about like making our lives small, the reason that so many of us have made our lives small is from an attempt to be safe. We are trying to protect ourselves. We think, ah, okay, if I just stay away from all of this food, if I just stay away from all of these other people, if I just try to change my body, then I'll be safe. So it makes sense why we do this. However, the food isn't the problem. The bo- your body isn't the problem. The problem is that you don't feel safe with certain foods and you don't feel safe in your body. So rather than thinking we have to make our lives small and we have to just live this very small life for the rest of our lives, what if what we really need to do is to learn how to cultivate safety and trust, both with food and with our bodies? This is exactly the work that I do. And these were the two missing pieces for me that I never learned about in other books, podcasts, or even in eating disorder treatment. You can learn how to connect with yourself. Your body is always communicating with you. We've just taught ourselves to ignore it over time. You can cultivate safety and trust. You don't have to make your life small if you don't want to. But if you do, if you want to, of course, please do. But if you don't want to, please know you don't have to. There are other solutions out there. Now, if you would like a taste, to explore just a taste of what it looks like, to start developing safety and trust with yourself and with food, and to explore the possibility that maybe, just maybe, you can eat the food that you love without losing control, you will want to join me for my upcoming virtual event. Register today at janepilger.com forward slash kind. All right, that's what I have for you today. I'll see you next week. Many people believe they need to stop binging in order to find peace with food. I believe that the more pivotal piece is learning how to bring kindness to yourself in the moments after a binge or after an out of control moment with food. You know, those times when you are filled with shame, hopelessness, and despair because you did it again. My next virtual event is going to help you navigate this exact moment. You will learn how to shift from self-loathing to self-kindness 
so that you can create more peace and freedom with food. And on day two, I'm going to walk you through a transformational exercise with a food that you love, but don't allow yourself to eat. This event could truly be life-changing for you. And the only cost to you is your time. Sign up today at janepilger.com forward slash kind. That's janepilger.com forward slash kind, K-I-N-D. I hope to see you there.